This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The BMW i4 M50. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Experience the power of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper as BMW M-engineered handling takes you through every twist and turn. The complete suite of intuitive technology keeps you connected. The pure performance keeps your heart racing. The BMW i4 M50. Silence has never said so much. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. I love what I do. I have made my passion my vocation. And part of that is doing what I get to do today, to speak with someone like Dean Karnazes. I've interviewed him several times, once for this show, several times for other radio shows I had years ago. And I have loved reading all of his books, speaking with him, because he makes me a better person. And he can and will make you a better person. You have to be open to it. You have to listen to what he says. And you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that you can and are a Dean Karnazes. As crazy as that sounds to say out loud. Everyone possesses the ability to achieve great things. And when we look at people like Dean, who has gone to the extremes, that should show you what you can do. Because most of you have no desire to do what Dean has done, nor do you have to. But you have to put into context what your goals are and say, yes, I can do it. If he can do that, you can achieve your goals. So who is Dean Karnazes? Some of you know, some of you don't. So those of you who don't, be prepared to be inspired. All right, let me read his bio to you for those of you who might be new to Dean. Dean Karnazes is a two-time New York Times bestselling author and an icon in the running world. Men's Health called him one of the fittest people on the planet. Time Magazine named Dean as one of the top 100 most influential people in the world. An internationally recognized endurance athlete, Dean has pushed his body and his mind to incomprehensible limits. A little bit more so you really get a sense of who he is. For Dean Karnazes, running has been his life and his livelihood for decades. His best-selling memoir, Ultra Marathon Man, inspired people around the world to take up running or take their hobby to the next level. A runner's high, My Life in Motion, 
is his newest book and is a gripping account of Dean's toughest challenge yet, his 12th attempt at the Western States 100, as well as a paced meditation on his roles as a son, husband, father, and citizen. And finally, an ultramarathon veteran, Dean Karnazes has run incredible distances around the globe. In some of the most untamed terrain the planet has to offer, he ran 50 marathons in 50 consecutive days in each of the 50 United States. He ran along the Silk Road in Central Asia through three countries. He ran through broiling inferno of Death Valley and across the vast snowfields of the South Pole. That doesn't do it justice because <laughs> he's done all of those things numerous times and so many other races and events. And he's going to tell us what he has in the future coming up. He never stops. But this is such an important aspect of Fitness Disrupted, to bring you people to inspire you. And that goes for the David Garcias of the world who are, and I don't like this term, but the real people, quote unquote, air quotes, real people who have done things like lost 160 pounds and kept it off for 10 years. And the people in the middle and then the people like Dean Karnazes, who have gone to extreme lengths and just accomplished crazy athletic feats, endurance. But you need to be inspired by that. And to put it into context again, that you can achieve all of those goals that you don't think you can. And one of the most incredible things, I will say it over and over about Dean Karnazes, is he is one of the nicest and most humble people you will ever meet. And I would argue that comes with the territory. Not everyone, but you push your body, you push your limits long and hard enough, there is some great changes that happen, not just physically, but mentally. And you see that and hear that when you meet Dean, when you speak with Dean, and when you read his books. So I'm going to leave it at that. He has so many books. You need to read them. You can start with Ultra Marathon Man or just jump right to A Runner's High. That is his newest book. It is only a couple weeks since publication. Just amazing. And I could not recommend it more highly. Just finished reading it myself. Runner's High, My Life in Motion. And it looks back at what he's done over 30 years and from a different perspective and a unique perspective and one that you can learn so much from. And we'll make you a better person. Quick break. When we come back, Dean Karnazes. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. 
Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. And we are back. As I said in the intro, second time for Dean on this show, I've actually interviewed him several times in addition, radio shows way back when, could not be more excited and uh, just finished reading his newest book. So that is uh, what we're gonna talk about amongst other things. But uh, Dean, thank you so much for, for making the time again. Hey Tom, it's great to be back on with you. And thank you, uh, you know what, I, here's what I have to start with Dean. So I tagged you in a, um, a tweet about the show, I believe. And within like a couple minutes, you had sent me an email saying, hey, I got another book and, uh, you know, would love to do the show again. I just love that, like, you and I are hustling the same way, you know, <laughs> <laughs> in, in so many different ways that we've been doing for a really long time. I'm sure you have people, you know, um, but I just love that, that there's still that connection, right? And I do the same thing. So, A, thank you for that. And B, thank you for the book. And, and not only thank you for the book, Dean, but thank you for the hard copy. I love books. I don't know about you. Like, I digital, I'm okay with, but. I want to hold the book and I want to have it. I'm such a hard copy guy. I'm glad you said that because I thought I was old fashioned. My kids always tease me like, what, you, why are you carrying around this book? Like, we're, we're going on a trip and you've got five books. <laughs> I've got one Kindle. Like, what, what are you doing? And Yeah, I want it in my library, Dean. And I take copious notes. Like, I'm underlining like crazy and I'm writing in the margins. And, you know, I'm old school. I mean, I guess, you know, and we have to when we send out our books, you know, digital is easier and cheaper, obviously. But uh, thank you for that again. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it, visually, it's you know, visually, it's uh, it's more resting as well. I mean, it, you know, to yeah. me, holding the book, feeling it, you know, it's embossed. It's it's got a nice feel to it. Yeah, and I don't think I'll ever get away from that. Digital is nice every now and again and quick with the iPad, but uh, yeah, and I have all your books behind me, <laughs> so um, loving it. And and I want to start there actually. First of all, I love your writing. In like, you have descriptive language. You are a writer. Were you a big reader as a kid? Do you continue to read today? Like. Like, who are your go-to authors? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm 100% Greek. Yeah. So, you know, the, the Greeks are famous uh, storytellers. I mean, starting with, with Homer and the Odyssey and the Iliad, which I was a big fan of. So I started reading Greek mythology when I was a young kid and just really got into it. It was, you know, it was um, interesting storytelling and uh, just the word choice and all of that fascinated me. So I've been a, you know, a, a pretty voracious reader all my life. And I think to be a good writer, people say, well, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you become a good writer? Well, to me, you become a good reader <laughs> because unless you read good writing, you're not going to, you know, it's, it's hard to come up with that on your own. I totally agree. Yeah. I was a total nerd as a kid. I mean, I read a lot more as a kid. I, I obviously read 
uh, today. And, and, but it's mostly, you know, this, this stuff, which I love. And I love that, you know, we both made our passion, our vocation, but I totally agree. Like if you want to become great speller, all that kind of stuff, I don't know about you, but even like reading misspellings and, and I'm a kind of a grammar, <laughs> uh, you know, fanatic, but yeah, so it doesn't surprise so funny, me. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am too. Totally. And I've caught two, there was two typos in my book and it killed <laughs> me to see a right. typo, but one was a pretty easy one. It was, it was, I, you know, I wrote trial instead of trail. Right. And your eye just reads right over it. I don't right. think many people catch it. But when I was listening to the audio version, it was pretty obvious when he said, Try, you know, trial. I'm like, what trial? <laughs> <laughs> but was it read by a computer, Dean? No one picked up on that? The guy who read it didn't pick up on it? No, I, that's what I thought as well. Like the guy who read it, <laughs> why didn't he make the change? But he, just, <laughs> he read it exactly as it's written. And, that's his I mean, job, I guess, right? So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, write, writing to me is, is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Yeah. You know, it's me, it, you, you know, you, you, you word craft, you, you know, you, you distress over every sentence, over every word to get it right. And to me, a book that flows is, is almost like, it's almost like hearing a song when you read it. And that's what I try to achieve. And, and I can you know, tell me, that, Dean. I can yeah, so see I, that. And we have different writing styles in that I'm like uh, more conversational, I'm, I'm not as good. I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of lazy, I would say too, I think, but my whole style is more conversational. So I love kind of getting lost in your books. They make me feel bad about my writing to some degree, but uh, I love getting lost. You can see that you can see kind of the, the rhythm you have to writing. And, and, and that's another thing. So not only are the stories great, but the writing I would argue um, is, is really good as well. Yeah. And, you know, I can't tell you how many people have, <laughs> how many messages I've got from people that said, you know, I started reading your book. I went, you know, I was lying in bed. I was going to read a chapter or two and, you know, sunrise, I was finished. Right. I'm like, you're kidding. They're like, right. no, I just got so into the story. I, I couldn't stop turning the pages. And to me that, you know, if something is propulsive like that, it's right. really rewarding because it, it you know, it, to read a good book, you're, you know, you're, you're transported somewhere else out of like everyday reality. You, you know, you're just in a, in a different place and it's rejuvenating when you pop back in from, you know, from the story. Yeah. I, and and uh, do you remember, since you kind of brought it up, I remember vividly my first experience where someone came up to me in person and had read one of my books. And do you remember that first moment, the first person who, who came up and was like, that was awesome. <laughs> or I read your book. I, I you know, recognize you and enjoyed that book. No, I just remember one of my friends going, he's saying to me, I can't remember if it was a phone call or an email. I said, you know, your, your book is the number one New York Times bestseller. And that's, that's a good story, Dean. Hold <laughs> like, it. What? Like, I'm scratching my head going, what? Hold it. What? What do you mean? I mean, I thought if I sold five books to my buddies, I'd be lucky. And I just so remember that so vivid that that conversation when he said that to me. Yeah. And it, it's so rewarding, as you said, my books are more prescriptive. So, you know, hey, how to train for a half marathon, triathlon, whatever. And I was at the Rome Marathon years ago with a client pacing her through and someone just randomly came up and I guess recognized from, you know, the book. And it was it was eye opening to me because, you know, it, it was such pressure. I, I realized people are going to actually do what I say. <laughs> right. As far as training. And and that's a that's a, you know, uh, it's pressure. And, and I, I don't take it lightly. And I'm sure you as well, when you give advice on what to do, especially for the longer distance races, you know, people are going to listen. And with that comes a certain amount of just stress for me, at least. I don't know about you. 
No, I mean, your books are excellent and they are prescriptive. I mean, they, you know, people say to me, why don't you write a training manual? And I, I just say, go read Tom's books. Like I'm not good at, <laughs> no. I, I, I'm not good at the prescriptive part. Um, you know, I can, I can write a book that kind of motivates you to, to follow Tom's prescription, <laughs> you know, but if you want to know how to do it, uh, you know, read, read his books. Oh, but see, that's, thank you. Uh, the challenge there is obviously writing for everybody. And what I love about you, and I, I pulled a bunch of quotes, Dean, that I'm going to get to. I, I couldn't have enjoyed, again, this book just as much as all of your other ones. But we are close to the same age. So again, it was kind of eye-opening. And you know, I saw my age in your story, especially the opening chapters about the, the race. So yeah, it's just it, your overview is just unbelievable. Before I get to that, though, how do you approach writing your books? Are you a last minute person like I am or how do you, how do you do it? No, I go running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I dictate into my phone. Do you, you know, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have some of our clearest thoughts when we're running and I try to capture those. And then I just put in my earbuds when I get home and type up my notes, but I do most of my, my writing while I'm running. That's amazing. That is so cool. And do you start way in advance? Yeah. Well, there's a saying, you know, motion stirs emotion. So, I mean, I, I kind of, uh, when I get a book deal, I just go on a long run and kind of lay out the structure, how I kind of see the whole story playing out, and then uh, and then get down to the individual chapters. Okay. Um, do you, though, so I, a handful of books now, and each book, Dean, I say, okay, this time I'm not going to wait till the last minute. And inevitably, I'm doing that math where I'm like, okay, I got to write 250 pages. I've got six months. It's X number of pages per day. And then I don't do anything for a month. And then I go, okay, I got five months. And it gets down to the wire. And my most recent, like, I like wrote it in such a ridiculously short amount of time, I don't want to admit to it. But it works for me, you know? And that's, you know, uh, I think an interesting thing in life that, like, whatever works for you works for you. And I think I get off on that immediacy. And it's kind of leading to something you wrote in your book, but uh, most recent book. But do you find that with yourself or not? Not so much. You know, it's it's really funny you say that because I've never thought of it in those terms. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not a procrastinator, but I do like having a deadline in front of me. Yes. And with this particular book deal, it was with uh, Harper Collins, a new publisher of mine. There, I don't think there was a date when they wanted it. They just said, you know, write it this length and um, have fun. <laughs> so I just okay. kind of wrote it. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of pasted it myself, and then eventually my editor got you know, reached out to me and said, you know, what do you think about finishing things up? And this is literally, you know, 13 or 14 months since we signed the deal. And I thought, yeah, the, the timing seems pretty good to, to wrap things up. But you, you're totally right. It was, it was almost worse not having a, you know, a, a, a hard set date when it needed to be turned in. That's incredible. I would never get it done, Dean. <laughs> it would never. <laughs> it was... well, I mean, I, I, I'm the same way with fitness. And you probably are as well. When, you know, when, when you've got an hour. Totally. You, make it work. Like you're really in, intense and focused because you know, you've got a hard stop and you got to get in everything you want to get in in that time frame. So in a lot of ways, having a deadline is beneficial. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so to that point too, you know, uh, really realizing that you don't have to, you know, it was on the high school wall, my high school, Jim Waldine uh, for football was work on your weakness till it becomes your strength. And, you know, sounds great. And then I realized, well, no. And, you know, more and more, we focus on these weaknesses when we should maybe just be improving our strengths, right? And the analogy I use that I experienced 
was Ironman, right? I'm not a good swimmer. I never will be. I tried. I put in the time. I, I probably put, you know, 20 coaches out of business getting frustrated with me, but I just need to run and bike faster. And that's worked for me. So I, I guess the question to you too is what's your weakness when it comes to, well, just what's your weakness? If your competitor, you know, uh, was asked that question, what do you think they would say? You know, maybe my approach to racing is not as competitive as others. You know, I always see competition as, as something, you know, you versus you. And I know some of my other competitors are a little more cutthroat and they, you know, they watch where other people are in the course and they, you know, they pace off people where I'm just kind of doing my own thing, trying to perform my best, but I'm not overly competitive. And I, I think I brought that out in the book. I mean, I think there's, there's only one race that I really set out to win. And that was the Badwater Ultramarathon. Yeah. which is uh, this 135 mile race across Death Valley. And this in, you know, back in 2000, I think it was 2006, my intention the whole time is, okay, trying to win this race. Like I want to win this race and I won the race, but it was a very different experience than most of my other races where I, I was, I was just doing my best. And I, I don't, it was a good experience, but it's not something that I'd want to repeat too many times. I so agree. And you and I, that's the similarities there. I pulled out that a quote, I think that you're referring to, and it, and it really resonated with me. And I, I just, it, well, here it is. So verbatim from your book, you say, as I scooted around Anne on that narrow path through the mountains, it occurred to me that all she cared about was winning the race. She didn't see the magnificent vistas along the course or any towering pine trees or never mind the roaring American river or the brilliantly vivid sunset, nor was she particularly interested in me at all and wanted to know how far Emma Davies was behind her. And then, you know, you go on to say, ultra running represented to me something that had the power to rise above this insanity. Ultra marathon was a way of transcending the heaviness of everyday living. Turning a 100 mile journey through the mountains into a competition against other humans seemed to defeat the very reason for doing it. We run through the wilderness because it changes us. I know a lot of people say that, but they don't truly live that. <laughs> and that's why I love speaking with you. I know that you do. Wasn't that just a, a kind of a depressing experience where you kind of see one of your heroes, if you want to call her that, and you have that experience? Yeah, no, it was really eye-opening. It was, you know, such a juxtaposition to where my head was at. I mean, uh, you know, there's a saying, well, maybe I made up the saying, you know, if you don't hate losing, you will never win. And Ann Trayson just hated losing. I think more than she loved winning and that competitive drive, I mean, put her on the podium most every race she was in. I mean, this woman was unstoppable uh, and I see why. And maybe it was not such a healthy, <laughs> you know, I mean, it maybe sure. it was a healthy drive that, that got her on the podium. But, you know, I later explained in the, in the book that uh, she reemerged, you know, after, after just kind of disappearing you know, after winning her last race and seeing that the competition was catching her, she just went away. Right. I mean, she was gone. And then, you know, to her credit, a decade later, she reemerged as a much more humble champion who, you know, gives back to the sport. And I talk about her, you know, at an aid station, you know, really taking care of me. And here's this great champion, you know, that was untouchable. And, you know, 10 years later, she's just an aid station worker like everyone else. So I really... I came to admire her more than ever. Yeah, and I love what you said about most people don't realize this. And I remember struggling with this when I was studying sports psychology was what you exactly just said, that some people don't compete to win. They compete to not lose. And that's a really tough way to compete. And, you know, I think you both we both experienced those people where it's transcendent, right? You have those people that are super competitive and super successful, 
but are they really enjoying it, right? Are they really uh, getting out of it what they need? And I think everyone gets what they want, Dean. Is that what it is? And hopefully, though, you're, you're around, as you said, enjoying it for many years to come, though. Yeah, I mean, Tom, that's what matters to me is longevity, is yeah. staying power. And, you know, I, I've just seen so many people that, that you just described that just hate losing and you cannot win forever. I mean, you know, Father Time is, will beat you down and people will start beating you. And, you know, what happens at that point? A lot of folks experience burnout or they just go away. They can't handle it. Where, you know, my whole mindset is, I, you know, my finish line is a pine box. Like I am not stopping until the day I die kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a similar, you know, experience at New Zealand Ironman years ago, Dean, where, you know, running and went too hot, you know, all the people in front of me were running and there was people all along the run course, beautiful day. There was a tiny little kid who had his hand outstretched for a high five and no one was high fiving. They were just, you know, blinders on. Now, granted, they were competing and going fast, but I thought I never want to be that guy. And I high five the kid as I went by to not high five, to not smell the roses as you talk about, you know, and you can do both. They're not mutually exclusive. I think that's what people don't realize. Natasha Bodman was someone who I, you know, watched win races with smile on her face every time, you know, and it's, it's tough, but they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think if you can love what you're doing, you know, it's, it's the best of everything, especially if you're, if you're competing at a high level and you're loving it, you're the best there can be. And, you know, you see this with, with team sports. I mean, you know, you watch basketball teams like the Warriors, you know, here in, uh, in my home city of San Francisco, when they were on, it just looked like they were having fun, yeah. a lot of fun and really enjoying the game. And uh, that's magic. Yeah. Um, a couple other things I pulled from the book. So good. Uh, beware of the chair. <laughs> I thought, you know, what a great metaphor for life. So explain to people what that is in an ultramarathoning context. Yeah. So when, you know, in ultramarathoning, like the race you, uh, I was describing is a hundred mile foot race and you literally run for a hundred miles nonstop. And there are aid stations set up along the way. It's, it's through, it's on a single track wilderness trail through the Sierra Nevada mountain range. And you'll pop out of a trail, you know, after 10 or 15 or 20 miles of running. And there's a, you know, a group of people that have a, a food table set up and a bunch of chairs. It's kind of a resting area. But the saying is beware of the chair because a lot of times it's a one-way descent. <laughs> you yeah. sit down and you never get back up. And so uh, I avoid sitting down at, at any point during an ultra marathon because it, it, it can be the end of your race very easily. <laughs> I was thinking, Dean, like what a great metaphor for life. So many people are stuck in the chair, right? And yeah. what, right? And you yeah, learn yeah. through the ultras that you, and again, it's cliche, but it's so true. You just keep moving forward. Forward is forward, but people get stuck in that chair and it gets comfortable, as you said, you know, and it's such an extreme. We learn from the extremes, but it just dawned on me how applicable to life that, that beware of the chair metaphor is. Yeah. I never thought of it in those terms, but you are so right. It's just, yeah, a different level of pain, <laughs> but it's just pain. Pain <laughs> is pain. Discomfort is discomfort. And, you know, as Freud said, we avoid pain and seek pleasure. But, you know, there, there's a lot of pleasure on the other side, as you talk about frequently. A couple other things I want to pull out, and this just resonated, again, to no end with me. Page 43, you say, and I quote, something in me seemed prone to such unpreparedness. Perhaps it was my quest to keep things novel and unsure in a world that seems so thoroughly overregulated and safe. Just throw yourself into a completely ad hoc and see what happens. I, I can so relate, and I'm sure so many others who do similar things can, Dean. 
talk about that. <laughs> I'll just throw it out there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's shocking, right? To jump into an event that you're unprepared for and maybe unqualified for. But, you know, I always have a saying uh, that's in the book, to, you know, to know thyself, you, you must push thyself. So we don't really know about ourselves until we take on challenges that are, you know, beyond, beyond us. We bite up more than we can chew. And, you know, certainly jumping into a 100-kilometer foot race unprepared <laughs> is a slap in the face. And you learn a lot about yourself because you learn how to deal with adversity. You know how to learn how to deal with obstacles and overcome seemingly impossible impediments to keep moving forward. Yeah. And that's why I want people to read not only this book, but all your books start at the beginning and work your way up because you can see Dean's progression. And it's just the question I want to get to, Dean, is how do we get there's people that listen. I've got everyone who listens to the show from, you know, ultra runners to just people starting out their fitness journey. How do we get those people to understand what we're talking about? Because they go, we're never going to do that. That's stupid. But it's all about being uncomfortable, right? And that self-efficacy that comes with challenge. Yeah, it's a mindset. And you're, you're so right. I mean, I look at my wife and she's a tough woman, but she would not willingly do something difficult. <laughs> you know, something <laughs> difficult is put in front of her. She'll, she'll deal with it, but she wouldn't just throw herself at it like we do. So I think that, you know, your show is certainly influencing a lot of people um, to, you know, to try something new. And I think, I hopefully my books are doing the same. And I think that, you know, we, we are a force for just what we discussed and keep spreading the word. You know, it's, we've seen the magic in it. And if we can pass that along to others, uh, I don't think there's any downside whatsoever. Right. And no challenge is too small, right? There's nothing. And that's what people have to realize that it's whatever makes you uncomfortable. If it's just calling up that person and having that conversation, whatever that thing is that you avoid, right? It's approach avoidance. And uh, I was someone who avoided a lot of different things in my life and doing these races taught me to approach them, right? And so I think that's what Dean and I are trying to say is figure out what you don't want to do and do it as crazy as that sounds, because really good things come out of the other side of that, right? So it doesn't have to be running or an ultra. It just has to be taking on whatever challenge it is to that person and getting that confidence on the other side. Well, and, and you know, it, I, I, I always say that it, it, failure doesn't stop people. It's the fear of failure. So right. I think a lot of people are fearful and that's what prevents them. But um, don't be afraid to fail. Right. It, it doesn't uh, hurt to fail. And one other quote from you, it may be killing me, but it was on my terms. I was doing what I loved. What is it about choosing to suffer, Dean, that, you know, I think it is because we get to control it, right? That it's not thrown upon us. And there's something crazily cathartic about that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, in Western society, I think we thought if we had every comfort available to us, we'd be happy. And in so many ways, we're, we're so comfortable, we're miserable. <laughs> and we, we've learned that we're never more alive than when we're struggling and in pain and trying to persevere. Right. Um, now that you are <laughs> 30 years into your journey and there will be many more years, there's a great quote. It was a hockey player who said, you know, when he started in the um, the NHL, it was 90% physical and 10% mental. He was not 30 years in, but about 15, 20, he said it, it totally flipped. It was 10% <laughs> physical and 90% mental. Do you find similar approach to your running now? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, of that race, the Western States 100 mile endurance run, I mean, there's a saying that you, you run the first 50 miles with your legs and the next 50 miles with your mind. And I completely believe that. Awesome. What's coming up next? Any events? 
I'm heading to Greece in June to run um, 10 marathons in 10 days to celebrate the, the Greek bicentennial of Greek uh, independence. And then in August, I'm going to run across Australia. So I'm heading down under for a little long run <laughs> across <laughs> the outback. Yeah. What's the distance for that? I don't even know. It's going to be uh, 1,600 kilometers. So about <laughs> a thousand miles. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. It's great to get back to like when we spoke last, there was no traveling really. So you must be very excited to get back to that. The world is opening up and I cannot wait. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of the listeners cannot wait either. Yeah. Exactly. Dean, I can't thank you enough. A Runner's High, the newest book, My Life in Motion by Dean Karnazes. Get out there, buy it. Again, I don't care, especially if you're not a runner. Runners already kind of understand what's going on. This is for everybody, but those of you who are just starting out or are on the couch and can't figure out how to make change, A Runner's High by Dean Karnazes will be that thing that gets you going and motivated. Dean, thank you so much. Have an awesome weekend, and I hope to speak with you soon. Pleasure as always, Tom. Keep charging. Yeah, keep it up. (laughs) Thank you, Dean, and we will be right back after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. And we are back one final time. A runner's high, my life in motion by Dean Karnazes. Get several copies. Get one for yourself. Get one for a friend. Get one for a family member. This is what life is about, people. Being inspired by others. Surrounding yourself with people who are going to make you a better person. Listening to podcasts and filling your head 
with things that are going to make you a better person. And there's never been a more important time to do that. We are bombarded with negativity. And what we consume, not just in our mouths, but what we read, what we take in every day is so important. And that's why I love that my job, and I choose this, is to read things like A Runner's High by Dean Karnazes. I'm not wasting my time on negativity. We all have the same number of hours in the day. And I'm not going to waste it on other people or other negative aspects of life. There's so much of that out there. Let it go. Do something good for yourself and for others and read A Runner's High by Dean Karnazes. And then I want you to go back and start with Ultra Marathon Man and work your way through his other books. You do not have to be a runner. You do not have to be athletic or a fitness person. And again, I would argue that the people who will get so much out of it are those who aren't. Because this is about life and all those cliches about what you learn from doing those races. So here's the great news. You don't have to run 100 miles to learn the lessons that come from that. I want to thank Dean Karnazes for taking the time again. I want to thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, Tom H. Fit is Instagram and Twitter, Tom H. Fit. You can also go to fitnessdisrupted.com, email me through the site. Please rate the show, comment if and where you can, uh, wherever you're all listening. And remember, there are three things we all control how much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our attitude. And that's awesome. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. 
That's right. 159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.